Welcome to Gone to Texas, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is Alex, and I have not read any of Garth Ennis's Preacher. And I'm Nick, and I have read all of Garth Ennis's Preacher. Today we'll be discussing episode 7 of the show, titled He Gone, or He Gone, as I like to say it. He Gone! Uh, while we will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension the future plot lines of the show, we will be discussing the details of the series through episode 7, so pause this and go watch the show before you listen to the rest of our episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're also g2tpodcast on Twitter, and you can send feedback to g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preachers so we can read them on air. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Preacher or our podcast, much like our friend Bruce did here. Bruce chimed in. And he said, just want to chime in about episode six. It was probably my favorite so far, and the ending with R's face was genuinely shocking. As much as I enjoyed his character in the comics, this is much more interesting than, I, than what they ended up doing with him there. I have a theory about what the show may be doing with him in the future, but I won't say anything yet, just in case it spoils something. And quick question, do you think that Jesse's power sending someone to hell is playing fast and loose with how it's supposed to work? I think it is to an extent, but I can still go with it. As long as they don't do anything much crazier than that, as always, keep up the good work. Thank you, Bruce, for yes, writing it. Thank you. I meant to ask you that question last week. As as like <clears throat> like, is that within the scope of Jesse's power in the comic book to just send someone to hell? Uh, no, not really. I I don't think it ever goes that extreme. Okay. He, no. Well, it's capable of some pretty like crazy things, like some pretty extraordinary things. Yeah. But that's the thing about the series so far is that they've shown that Jesse's Jesse's words are taken literally in a way that is sometimes a surprise to him, whereas for the most part in the comic he generally knows what he's up to. Like he he kind of understands right off the bat like okay, they're going to do exactly what I say. So I think in the book he he maybe under he has a better sense of responsibility with it. He doesn't just use it wantonly on whatever. So in the show, it's a it's it's almost a little disappointing that he just kind of lets it get the better of him sometimes. You know? Yeah. Um. So I guess in that respect, there's nothing in the comic that says that that couldn't happen. It just didn't. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose. Okay. Well. I mean, if he told someone, I'm trying to think within the within the realm of the book. I mean, if he did tell someone to go to hell, I I don't know what would happen actually. Yeah. And I yeah. would imagine that they would probably turn and like start walking and like just walk to hell, Michigan, or something. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that's true. Why didn't Arse Face do that? The RC faced boy. <laughs> yes, as, Je- <laughs> as Cassidy calls him in this episode. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bruce, for writing in. Please, everybody else, write in. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Uh, G2TPodcast at oh, gmail.com. A direct response to Bruce's email and a, qu- a query of my own. Why do you like RC face in the comics so much? Like, he seems yeah. to really enjoy RC face, and that's totally cool. I really didn't like RC face in the comic. Mm-hmm. I think he's way better in the show. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just curious as to I why. I think Bruce agrees with you. 
but it also seems yeah, like yeah, he, but he actually like he... liked our space in the book, whereas <laughs> yeah. I did initially, and then I do again a little bit later. But after that, I'm just like, no, there's okay. there's no need. So yeah, I'd love to hear more about why that character is, uh, you know, endearing to him in yeah. the books. Let us know, Bruce. Please, Bruce. All right, so thanks, Bruce. On with the episode. We start with the teaser this week. We open immediately after the last week. Jesse realizes what he's done, but it doesn't seem to kind of phase him too much. And we see that Cassidy watched the whole thing from the uh, balcony above. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesse continues to open up the church. There's a ton of people attending the church. He set up the chairs outside so even more people could be there. The speakers to reach them. Yep. Um, I I, I thought that was a little more sinister. I mean, we can talk about that in a second. I thought the speaker was a little more sinister. Like, I don't know why I felt it was more of a weaponized, like, I'm going to use this to control people walking by kind of thing. Well, I think you might not be far off. Well, okay. So we can talk about that uh, shortly. Uh, We see Root sitting, Sheriff Root sitting in the audience. Uh, He notices Eugene's absence next to him. Um, And then Jesse's kind of giving the end of his sermon. And he's kind of building up to this crescendo of he's going to tell everybody to serve God, but he doesn't use Genesis as far as I know. No. So maybe that's Eugene's discussion with him kind of getting to him a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think, was that the plan this week? It sure felt that way. That's yeah, why he I, I, installed I, that speaker. Yeah. 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 And he, I mean, he, he basically said that to Eugene. Yeah. At the end of the previous episode. Yeah. That he's going to save the town and he was planning on starting, you know, phase one of save the town. Yep. And then I think, yeah, Eugene. Yeah. Everything you said is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Okay. Um, so at the end of the service, Root asks if anyone has seen Eugene. Uh, and after everyone is gone, Jesse seems to reflect on Eugene being gone again, but he's still kind of stoic about it. He's not really... Yeah, he's kind of blank. Yeah. And then uh, we get some close-ups of Odin's Alamo model with him kind of staring out of the window, presumably showing that he did not attend church that day. Yep. So what do you and think he's, of it? He's back to listening to animals get slaughtered <laughs> and... Uh, Staring at the sun out of his extremely brightly lit window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's back to Odin from episode two or whenever he first appeared. Yeah. Which is interesting. I, I'm really curious as to what's going on with him. Me too. Me that's too. Probably my that, number one burning question. That I, I was going to say, I think that's my biggest disappointment of this episode. Is that I feel like... We rub up against that situation, but we don't learn much about it. So we'll well, get, we'll come back around to it. Yep, we'll get to that. Uh, so on to Act One. We get a flashback with Jesse and Tulip at the principal's office, and they were sticking up to bullies, but apparently sent three of them to the hospital or something like that. Uh, Jesse's father uh, brings Tulip home because her mother's in jail and her uncle is drunk, as we know about Uncle Walter. Yep. Uh, Jesse's praying, and we cut to Jesse praying at night, kind of thinking for his father doing the right thing in terms of bringing Tulip home and also mm-hmm. trying to tell God he's trying to be a better person. But it's like the way that he voices his prayers, it seems like he like asked for help on the test on Monday, 
which I think is something kids do. Yeah. But I think by the time you end up an adult, you kind of realize that that's not what God is for. Well, you also it have depends. bigger problems too. Like the, yeah. the, every that whole scene was funny because it definitely felt like the way a little kid would pray. Yeah, it's I marked it as very advantageous praying of like he's got a wish list of things that he wants <laughs> yeah, to it's hit. Yeah, like asking Santa for stuff. <laughs> exactly. So uh, then we cut to modern day with Tulip running through the streets. Streets. She's uh, placing herself to ambush a few kids on bikes who stole Uncle Walter's pants as he's passed out drunk on his front stoop. Uh, Tulip gets strange looks from the passersby as she kind of holds Uncle Walter on the on the front stoop before putting his pants back on. And then uh, we cut over to Jesse and Emily going over his busy schedule. Seems like he's got a lot going on now that there's more people at the church. And then finally we cut to Eugene's empty room. That was kind of a strangely placed shot. I felt like... From there, we would cut to Root going around, like, canvassing the the city and being like, hey, where's Eugene? But I almost not that I needed that, but I feel like that's what that shot would lead into, you know? I almost kind of took it as what's going on in the back of Jesse's mind, kind of. Like, just kind of a, a visual representation of just him being like, it's, it's, it's lurking back there in the back of his mind. That makes sense. That... And and I think it should be lurking in the back of our mind too is kind of what it's saying. Like you, you know, as soon as we get swept up in some other story stuff, we just get this quick shot to remind us, like, poor Eugene. Eugene, yeah, Eugene's in hell right now. <clears throat> yes. Okay. He has gone to hell. That makes sense. That makes more sense than as we have gone to Texas. Yes. Uh, the scene with Tulip. Tulip and Walter. <laughs> yeah, Tulip running the whole thing. It was cool. Okay. Like it was, it was cool. I was like, that's clever. But that's good. We got it. I yeah. get it. I got it. <laughs> Tulip is is clever and she's tough and she's no nonsense. And, and her she, uncle's drunk. Yep. <laughs> got it. Sold. <laughs> you got those checkpoints. Yeah, won us episodes. over. Yeah, yeah. Every episode we've had a scene like that. And while they are continually very cool and I like it. Like I watched it and I was like, they they keep finding ways to make Tulip this object of she just is be, become this like very striking statue. And they find ways to like, they they give her this really this really this skirt that just pops against these red shoes, and they're just using her as like this this totem of of oddball badassery. And I think it's really cool. Every time it happens, I'm like, ah, that was a really neat scene. I liked that. And it's always it's executed so well, mm-hmm. but we just don't need it. And it, that is four minutes you could have spent on something else that I want to see a little bit more in the show. Yeah. So it's not bad. But we just don't need it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like if it served a different story function to tell us something about Tulip or what she's doing. But I almost don't feel like there's any more to tell on Tulip. No, we've no, not it so much. Correct. Yeah, everything Tulip now feels like it's waiting on Jesse. Yeah, which is regrettable. But which it, is actually remarked on this episode. Like she very plainly <laughs> says that to Cassidy yeah. in a future. Scene yeah, it's here. true. And 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 you know there's there could be some stuff that we just don't know yet. Maybe yeah. this all serves a purpose, but right now it feels a little bit like just treading water a little bit and saying like we're just going to show another scene of you know it's, it it would almost be like if we saw another scene of some sort of Cassidy doing something silly. Yeah. And and I'd be like okay, yeah, we we know. I guess one of my questions here is are we ever actually going to interact with Uncle Walter? Yeah, I don't know. Like 
it seems like they could have hired like a they could have just made a some kind of dummy of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, hired him the one time and had him sign his likeness off, and now they just put him on a couch in the background. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. <laughs> just this terrible like mannequin in the background. <laughs> oh man, that'd be funny. Uh yeah, and that's the thing is like Uncle Walter, I mean, he's fine the way he is. I don't need more characters in this show. Like I love and I've we've both praised this uh the show for having so many characters and having them all be like flesh and blood real characters and the and Uncle Walter so far is just like this little cartoon sticker that you put on the scene and say yeah. there he is, drunk uncle, got it. Yep. And uh and that's fine, but I don't need more time with yep. it, you know what I mean? So we've got enough characters here where I would have liked, you know, something different. All right. Uh, act two starts up with Cassidy walking into the kitchen to have a quote unquote strange conversation with Jesse, uh, mostly about what he did to Eugene, basically saying that he saw what Jesse did to Eugene. Uh, but then Emily walks in. We don't really know when, she, what she heard. We don't know if she heard everything. Right. It seems like she heard a little bit, but, um, Tulip comes in after Jesse leaves to cook dinner for the church group there. And uh, Cassidy kind of reveals that he hasn't told Jesse about what he and Tulip did, about sleeping with Tulip. Tulip doesn't really care, but she also kind of says that she doesn't tell her boyfriend everything. Um, I'm still a little confused about that situation of, like, why did she bother to do it if she wasn't going to tell Jesse? Um, you know, I think it can be, it can be read into a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, it may just have been for her own sick, you know, kind of gratification. But it didn't, even, it didn't like that whole situation. It didn't seem like she got any gratification out of it. The way that it's portrayed with like the, well, I, I, I don't mean actual her. gratification, but just inside and in her, in her, oh, in herself kind of, of saying like, in order to make herself feel, she feels good by feeling bad basically. Okay. So she, in a way. You know, that would make her feel even worse about her situation, which she might, like, kind of enjoy being down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some people do. Okay. Um, like a look what you made me do kind of thing. Yeah. To Jesse. And even even if it's not even for Jesse, maybe yeah. just to, in order to, just in order for herself, or maybe it was just to feel something because she feels so empty right now. I don't really That's know. Right. I think there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different reasons it happened. And it may have just been her just acting impulsively, just sick of waiting around for Jesse and just wanting to do something that... Something that's bad because Jesse tells her don't do bad things, basically. Okay. I don't know. Poor Cassidy, though. Yeah. It's funny how the vampire is kind of the most human character on the show right now. They talked about that on the Insider Podcast last mm. week about how... I haven't listened some, to the last one yet. Some people believed that... Uh, someone on the podcast thought that Jess or Cassidy would not be the kind of person to just fall in love with anybody. But then the other, like someone, I think Sam Catlin on the contrary was like, no, he's, he, he will fall in love at the drop of the hat, basically. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, not like real love, but like love mm-hmm. adolescent. Yeah. Puppy love. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I was remiss that I didn't remark last week on his face when he's in the closet. Yeah. And, uh, there Jesse and, uh, and Tulip are talking. He just looks so, wounded yeah <laughs> and it was really good and i was like poor Cass." Yep. they also mentioned this is something on the insider podcast too that just needs to be talked about apparently garth ennis sp- speaking to sam catlin and evan goldberg and and seth rogan 
was like, can we please change the name of Genesis? Oh, really? Like, I don't want it to be Genesis. That's such a stupid... I shouldn't have named it Genesis. So that's kind of why... That's why Cassidy, that's why Cassidy calls it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty like, funny. This, this was our compromise, that Cassidy will remark on how dumb it is when it comes up. And Genesis is a perfect name for it. I wonder why I think, he feels that way. I think way. so, too. I don't really know why he feels that way. It's, it seems like a very... It seems like the thing that heavenly beings would name it. Because yeah. they name it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Jesse doesn't go, oh, I'm going to call it Gen... Like, they, that's what it's called. So yeah. they gave it that name. And yeah. it seems pretty in line with how Heaven would operate. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what his other names would be for it, if he had any. But uh, So continuing in Act 2 here, uh, Tulip kind of prods Cassidy about whether or not he's told Jesse he's a vampire. And Cassidy's like, I've told him like nine times. Where he kind of has, but it's yeah. all been like... Uh, <laughs> You're not listening to me, kind of like <laughs> right. J- Jesse. Never really, it doesn't pique his interest. Um, he just thinks Cassidy's being a joker, as Cassidy is wont to do. Um, well, it's funny because it just furthers how how blind Jesse is to everything right now. Yes, I mean, like we said, Cassidy runs around in a ridiculous like get up of, you know cloaks and <laughs> and blankets and crazy hats and, <laughs> yeah, and, rice and jesse hat. just never seems to bother to investigate it <laughs> um and then cassidy tells tulip that uh jesse has the power to tell everyone to do what he wants them to do and then she says not me whereas i feel like tulip's the one person that i in any other story i would think tulip is the one person he wouldn't use it on but i don't know if i believe that here you know uh, I think up until recently, I would agree that yeah. he, he would not, but I think the day might be coming where he does. Today's like, like this episode seems like the one where Jesse's kind of like so far off of God's plan, quote unquote, that right. it's like, but all right. Uh, anything in act two you wanted to touch on there? No, I think, uh, I really like the Cassidy tulip dynamic. I like that they're both kind of adults about it all in a way like there's no weird drama even though there kind of is there's not like it's just i like i like how it's all being handled i think cassidy would like (laughs) like not like the drama but is kind of like he would he's well not only that but he's also got that like even if he doesn't want to make that drama happen there's part of him that's forcing it upon like there's some part of his brain that's like you gotta tell her that you haven't told him because maybe she'll be impressed about or something. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He just something like that needs to talk. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas Tulip is just kind of like I don't even give a shit. Like right. take that somewhere else because I don't care. So I think that's that's really fun. But all right, Act Three. We start off back with young Tulip and Jesse wrestling as uh, John Custer, Jesse's father, tells them to do the dishes. Uh, Tulip going to get some soap witnesses Jesse's dad on the phone with someone. Is it obvious that it's probably Child Protective Services or you just kind of get rumblings? Uh, I don't think it was obvious. I think it... I think she knows what it is, but we don't. Because then the next scene, she goes to wake up Jesse at night mm-hmm. to have him say their like thing they say to each other till the end of the world. Right. Almost as if she knows what's coming. Maybe she's been picked up by them before yeah no, it wouldn't be too surprising um so then child protective Ser- services comes the next day or at some point in the future to take tulip jesse obviously protests but they take her anyway uh 
And then uh, Jesse's kind of arguing with his dad about it. And Jesse's father says, because she's no hair, all right, there's always going to be trouble. Which is kind of, uh, I think that's an important line for this episode. Yep. Uh, Jesse prays to have Tulip taken care of and asks to have his father killed, which is an interesting thing to ask God to do, but something that a kid would probably ask God to do. Um, killed and sent straight to hell is what he, <laughs> what he asked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut back to modern day. Jesse's seeing a rehearsal of the Bible story performance about Lot and his wife at Sodom. Uh, Jesse thinks they're too happy to tell the story. Otherwise, who gives a shit? Like they got to He's got to They're supposed to feel like they're in peril. Otherwise, the whole story's not useful, or it doesn't get the point of it across. Mm-hmm. Then Odin Kincannon stops by to see Jesse. He's finished part of parts of. Has he totally finished the Alamo model? That's what he tells him. Yeah. And then uh, Kincannon confesses that he's done a terrible thing, but he's remarking on how he feels as though he's let his family down and he's neglected his birthright and how his father and grandfather did so much for their family. So he doesn't feel bad about killing the Green Acres group. No. That's not the terrible thing that he's done. Nope. The terrible thing that he's done is that he's neglected not his, his father. birthright. Yeah. As he says. So. <sighs> I'm sorry. Well, I can yeah, let me I can get through the rest of it here really quick. King Cannon hands a deed over to Jesse to uh, sign his father's land over as part of their debt, which takes or part of their bet, which takes Jesse by surprise because he thought he won the bet, but Odin says he's not a Christian and therefore Jesse lost, and Jesse refuses to sign, and then Odin kind of notes victory or death, he's going to be back. So. I didn't like this, as we remarked earlier. No? I think it's a great scene. But I feel as though I'm so lost as to what actually happened with Odin. I'm beginning to think that... First, I thought maybe it just wore off. Mm -hmm. But I think that Odin's interpretation of God... I think he thinks of like his father as God or his business as God. Interesting. Because he said, you know, you know better than anyone. I'm not a Christian. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be a Christian. So if you if you 100 percent with with every fiber of your being, don't believe God is God. If you don't believe of, in God the way that you know Christians or, or whomever do, what to you then is God? Yeah. And so if you're going to serve God, which to him is probably kin can and meat and power. Yeah. The kin can and family. <laughs> yes. Which then makes sense why he would kill the Green Acres Waste group. the Green Acres people and, his... and, and say that he's not a Christian. But he's serving God. Right. In his mind, he is serving the idea of, of his God. That makes sense. When there's still, there's still a scene with Odin that we don't know what happened. We don't know what Jesse saw when he walked by the office. Odin's office. Remember, his dad was in Odin's office. Yeah. Yep. And, and there was yelling, and then he just took him out of there in a hurry. And Jesse walks by, and it the he slows way down. It goes like the slow motion shot of him kind of staring in there, and his eyes. It's kind of like something in there freaked him out. Yeah. And <clears throat> I want to know what was going on in there. Do you have any comic knowledge about that? 
any guessing? <sighs> not not that I want you to dispense of it. I just want to know where you're. I mean, anyone who's read the book and is listening, they know what Odin Kincannon's about, and they know the weird shit that he gets up to in the book. Yeah, I don't think that's what's happening in that scene. Okay, there's some. There's a very very specific thing that Odin does. That's very shocking, and it's very original, and it's, uh, I don't think that's what it is, though. Is I there, think it's too extreme. Is it, there John Custer, Odin Kincannon uh, parlance in the comics? Like, no, do they interact at all? Not at all. No. no, Odin is, Odin's not, Odin doesn't show up until... Late. Late, yeah. yeah. He's he's in another town and another part of the country. So there's no inkling that there is history between the Custers and the King. Not at all. No, in the book, it's just a town that Jesse roams into, and he he works. Uh, he just says he's going to be a sheriff's deputy. I think I'm a little hazy on that part of the book because it's it's later in it's the been run. A while. Yeah, and it's been a while. But he he goes in and he starts trying to help the cops. Like kind of like he just wants to like help and do good things in the town. And the town power is Odin Kincannon. Like. He he's the same as he is in Anvil in the series in the books, but it's for a different town, unrelated. Okay, and he holds the the town under his boot heel, and then Jesse's the one who stands up to him, and he's like, "Who is this guy?" And they're like, "Interesting." He's from out of town, and he sorry, Mister Kincaid, like he didn't know. Yeah, and and it's that it's that kind of thing, and Jesse's like, "This guy's a bad guy. You guys are sitting around and <laughs> taking this from this little guy," and mm. he it's really good, but it's. Uh, Okay. Well, I guess I, lo- I love what they're doing with him in this show. I think it's yeah. awesome. At first, I was kind of like, "Whoa!" I didn't expect to see him so early. Yeah. But it's fine. I don't know why I didn't expect it. Like it, it works really well, and I I like that they're setting up Odin and and Jesse as these is the two main forces yeah. in the in the town. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing about that scene for me was like why the pre the previous flashback where Jesse sees something is like. Why was John there? Like it seems yeah. like Odin called John there, and or who was yelling? Or somebody did. Somebody says denounce him. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's like King Cannon's father trying to maybe like he thinks Odin's possessed or something. Like maybe that. Odin though, because Odin's clearly a lot older than Jesse. That's true. So too. Odin's probably been in power for. Odin has been on the throne. Yeah. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> okay. Well, um, any other thoughts? What, what were you going to say about this scene between Odin and... Pretty much just, just what we just talked about. Okay. I, that I was... I just kind of wanted to explore, the, you know, why we think he's acting the way he is. But I think... And that's, that's my theory. Is that okay. he's, he thinks he is serving God. Very interesting. That makes sense. But I still... I don't know. I guess I just need that instant gratification. Like that's why I'm not satisfied. I, yeah, no, like, that's fair. I that's that's the thing is that's what I want to know more about. Yeah, I don't need Tula doing badass things anymore. I get it; she's a badass. Yep. But uh, that that's what I wanted. I do want to know more about because it's really interesting. And I I, I loved in that scene how how surprised they both were at each other. Yeah, Odin's like that was the bet. Like he's yeah. like, what are you talking about? You're gonna welch on a bet, and, the, and he, he's like, what, what are you talking about? We talking <laughs> You're a about Christian. the same. We talking about the same bet? Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> I do love Odin's story he tells too about. Uh, uh, oh my god, it just left my mind as soon as it entered. He's the, talking um, about the uh, the Brazilian meat packing yeah. plant. Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. It's yeah. so dark and it's really really good. <laughs> and I love that he ends up with one of his. Yep, his signature. <laughs> yep, I'll try and paste Lance saying <sighs> yep into this episode. Oh, it was so good. It was yeah, Lance was really, 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 really <laughs> right on with that. Yep, 
right. I wish you had been here when we were recording that one because the look on his face was hilarious too. too. It was a perfect impression. You guys should have Instagrammed it or something. It, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. <clears throat> Next time. All right. Act four. Uh, Emily and Cassidy interact out front in the church. Like I think it's the first, well, not the first time, but it's maybe the first time they're alone. Yeah, talking. they don't have a lot of one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, Emily kind of confesses her doubt about Jesse, kind of wondering if he's a good man, but Cassidy still kind of reassures her. And I think it's born out of the conversation she walked into earlier in the episode. Yes. About Eugene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we cut to Cassidy, Emily, Tulip, and Jesse eating dinner. Jesse clearly still hates the Big Lebowski. He knows the Coen brothers can make good movies, but the Big Lebowski is just crap. Which, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like No Country for Old Men... I guess No Country for Old Men makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. You mean as a movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. More so than The Big Lebowski, anyway. It's but cool I, quality, structured <laughs> filmmaking. I love, I love that that's the, those are the specific words he uses. Structured yeah. filmmaking. The <laughs> Big Lebowski... He's, is, not, he's it, not a... It is a little gelatinous in how, <laughs> how it is. It just kind of oozes along and Cassidy is clearly not and uh god what's his name tree of life oh Terrence Malick he's not a Terrence Malick fan no he would he would not be <laughs> oh he would um, not be although he might uh, I would be curious because if he if he watched it with some drugs he'd probably say because there's no attempt at plot he yeah. might he might like it a little bit more he might say there there is no plot interesting and maybe I, there's I, nobody out there arguing that the Tree of Life is as good as the bit. Like, there aren't, like, there, Tree is, of Life. They're so different, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, That's funny, though. Yeah, I like I like his continued rants. That scene was really, really hilarious. Like, his, what, when they... I like the idea that on set, they say, okay, Joe, you can go for it. Like, yeah. just... Because his face just, just does gymnastics throughout, yeah. like, so many of these <laughs> scenes, and it's really funny. Yeah. Um... So they're eating around the table. Jesse won't talk even when Tulip kind of prompts him. Uh, but she and Cassie and Emily talk about the vanilla extract hash browns. And uh, when Tulip's questions bounce off of Jesse, Cassie and Emily get like everything gets really awkward. Yes. They're all kind of like tense and it's just not nobody's having a good time. And then Tulip is like, what is your problem? Mm hmm. And uh, uh, Sheriff Root shows up right as that kind of happens to ask about Eugene. Uh, Meanwhile, the oven's something the vanilla extract in the oven starts burning. And then my probably favorite scene of this this episode is watching Cassidy's face as he learns about the vanilla extract thing. Yeah. Because it's this, like, it's the gymnastics of, like, the, oh, that's interesting. And also, we're being personable because there's something really awkward going on. Yeah. it's such a, it's a beautiful expression. He had this like far away look in his eye, and it was it's so good. It was very very funny. It was almost as good as Jesse, yes, shaking his head at yes. Tulip at the gas station. Uh, that scene was re- that was probably the darkest humor that's been in this show because <laughs> Sheriff Root's like, "Has anyone seen Eugene?" And then these flames leap out of the oven, <laughs> and everyone just gets up right away, and they're just like, "Oh!" And you see, you even kind of see it in Jesse's eye. He's kind of like. <laughs> that's is how it? Eugene is interacting through the the flames <laughs> yeah. of hell, or even just a reminder, like, oh, this is probably where he is right now. 
Man. Oh, that was so... I started laughing, but I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> but man, it was funny. Yeah. That is some black humor. So, uh, Rude explains that he knows that Eugene was coming to see Jesse. Jesse kind of denies seeing him, but then Emily is like, no, you did see him. But I saw him leave to kind of... She lies for Jesse because yes. she clearly didn't see that. Um, which is interesting. They talked last week on the Insider Podcast about how Tulip last week was trying on the shoes of a good of a good person of like I'm going to help you with the church and blah blah blah. Yep. In little bits of ways, and Sam Catley kind of explained that he felt it wouldn't be that. It's kind of on its face to make Emily go like all evil, you know, to like. Not even evil, but to push her in the tulip kind of chaotic route. But I think her lying for Jesse is kind of, it's a little bit of that, you know? It's out of character for her, I think. And it's interesting because she seems to understand what's going on, but she still says anyway, yeah, you did see him. She wanted to say something, but she doesn't want. Yeah, it was just interesting that she said anything at all, and then Mm -hmm. she continues to cover it up and i wonder if that was just a way of reminding jesse like other people can kind of i don't know i think she just kind of wanted to bring him down a peg for a second yeah i think she's definitely harboring some some anger towards him or some definitely complicated feelings yeah clearly she like loves the guy yeah and and that's not reciprocated at all yep and i think she's also kind of angry with him just a lot of a lot of emotions for her with Jesse, and so yeah. I think she just kind of like everyone kind of wants to see him taken down a peg. Yeah, those three people. Well, Cassidy, not so much. Cass is just kind of Cassidy's there to help. Yeah, you know, he help like the next scene, Cassidy just hit him in the face with the fire extinguisher just to kind of splash the cold water on him, and then Jesse finally acknowledges. He's like, "I didn't mean to, but I said the words, and he was gone." And then Cassie's like, all right, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? You you let an innocent kid go to hell. And then Jesse's like, he's not that innocent. Uh, And then we kind of learn the answer of one of our questions. What happened to Tracy Loach? Turns out that Eugene shot her in the head with a shotgun, putting her in this coma, Mm -hmm. and then turned the gun on himself, which we previously knew, but we didn't know why he did it. Because he had unreciprocated feelings for Tracy. Yeah. Um, so then Cassidy and Jesse kind of argue about Eugene's innocence, even though, you know, obviously that's a terrible thing that he did. But it seems very different than the Eugene that we know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cassidy reveals himself burning in the sunlight to Jesse after giving him the fire extinguisher. It's like, a, well, what are you going to do about me now? And then we cut to black. Uh, so Jesse knows he's a vampire for sure now. Uh-huh. Or a really good magician. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm glad my theory with Tracy and Eugene came to pass. Yeah. But it's way darker than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like that. Like you were thinking car accident or something like that. I was that thinking some, somehow he put her in harm's way. Yeah. And she suffered as a result because we've... And it's a great lesson for us as viewers too, and and, and just to uh, continue the the notion that 
nothing at this show can really be taken at face value because yeah. Eugene, we've, we've seen all along. I mean, we've said it every episode where like, he's so sweet and mm-hmm. he's so nice. And he's like, we've called him like the moral center of the show at times. And he shot a girl in the head <laughs> with a shotgun. That's yeah. insane. That's like that. That's that's murder essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's attempted murder. That's why they so, call him murderer. You know. Yeah, exactly. So before I kind of I pitied him because I was like, wow, he's clearly disfigured and he's trying to be really good, and people are like mean to him. And I, you know, figured they were connected somehow, but that's way worse than I even thought. Because now I'm kind of like, well, Eugene, I'm not so sure how I feel about you anymore. Yeah. Because if you can just walk up to the prom queen, the homecoming queen, the everything queen, rodeo queen, he said, <laughs> which is great. And uh, and just put a shotgun. Also, Eugene must be just really bad with a shotgun if he can't yeah. kill. I mean, well, like, it's, it looks it's, like he it's did kind some of damage, goofy. but from, we've seen kind of Tracy's head. After yes. the, so it's like he did something, but it's kind of, it's like a freak accident that she made it out of that alive. And him know? too. Yeah. So it's uh it, it's interesting. Is it a freak accident or is it divine providence? Oh, we don't know. But either way, it's uh, I'm glad the show is pulling the rug out in a way or turning things on its head for me. But at the same time, I'm upset that it's Eugene. <laughs> he's so great. That just means they did a great job. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's really good. It's just just sad that that they they could tear that that character down like the last bastion of, like, real goodness in the town. (laughs) You're like, oh, he's not actually good. He tried to kill a girl and uh, and then himself. So it's it's pretty sad. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, Jesse, it makes me rethink everything with Eugene in the whole series because Jesse's always been kind of nice. It seemed like he was going out of his way to be nice to him that... And does he really feel that way or was he just going through the motions thinking I'm the preacher, I've got to be nice to this kid and try yeah. to make him feel better even though what he did was really wrong and I disagree with it. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's really good. Everything I rewatch from here on out, I'm going to be like really examining Eugene even more closely and be like, yeah. man, does he deserve? What does what does he deserve and what doesn't he deserve? It's, uh, it's pretty tough. And I mean, maybe that's why he's... He says, I don't want to be forgiven. Like, he knows what he, he did knows, was unforgivable. Yeah. So maybe he is that good of a guy. I, and I think that's one of those things where if you have that kind of experience with death or that close to death, then that's the kind of thing that can really change a person. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know? So that maybe after that, he is fully changed into like a, you know, the moral center of the show. Yeah, it's interesting. Eugene continues to be a really fascinating character, even though he's not even in the episode, really. Yeah. Aside from jumping out of the oven. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Act five begins with Jesse storming back into the house and putting the extinguisher on the table. Emily and Tulip ask about Cassidy. And uh, then Jesse's kind of like, do you know about him? What he is to, to Tulip? And, and she says, Jesse Custer, what did you do to him? And they get into an argument. And then... Uh, and uh, I forget exactly how the exchange happens, but she says something about your daddy would be proud. And Jesse gets very he angry criticizes about her that. food, and he says he really belittle, belittles her. He's like, really vanilla, vanilla hash yeah. browns and frozen vegetables, and then he calls her an O'Hare. An O'Hare, yeah. yeah. And then and then she says, you know, you threw a threw somebody who doesn't see your ideals out on the out on the road, and and. 
you know, because they don't hold up to your standards or whatever. Right. And then your she says, "Redneck you, preacher standards." Yeah, and and your daddy would be proud. And then Jesse gets very angry about it, and Tulip storms off to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily reveals that she believed in Jesse when he first came back to town as kind of like a comeback to the light for Jesse because it seems like he's straying from the path. And uh, Jesse just turns around and says, well, that was stupid. <laughs> Go home, Emily. And she leaves. So Jesse's all alone. We've got Jesse on his own, like really on his own for the first time in, in, in the series, I think. Um. And then we go back to a flashback of Jesse's father waking him up in the middle of the night to get under the bed. Uh, John goes to open up the door and gets beaten by two men who then accost Jesse. And then we cut to the outside where one man holds a gun to John's head, once again showing the same tattoo that we've seen on Jesse's uh, back, uh, as we saw in the pilot. We saw the gun to the head with the tattoo in the pilot, Jesse's Mm -hmm. back as of... Uh, last week and a couple weeks ago. Yeah, somewhere um, in there. And uh, John gets killed after Jesse makes the promise to be one of the good guys because he's got big things coming for him, according to John. Um, then we cut back to modern day. Jesse's digging into the ground, screaming, "Come back!" in the middle of the church, uh, beneath the church floorboards, as Odin King Cannon and his men storm upon the church. Odin, Odin standing on the, the bulldozer <laughs> yeah. is beautiful. It's wonderful. The fact that Donnie's got a sling over his Union General uh, outfit is fantastic. No, that's Confederate. No, no, no. He's in blue. He's wearing gray for sure. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. I think he was in blue. Because some of them are in gray and some of them are in blue. I think... Uh, I think he could be... Oh, all right. Maybe. I maybe think. So. Maybe not. I'll have to go back and check it. Somebody write in and let us I don't us think know. anybody there would be wearing blue. I didn't think so either. <laughs> Although they might I... they might be dressing in like Alamo colors. It might not be Civil War. I, yeah. I instantly thought it was all Confederate gray, but I could be wrong. I was thinking uh, that, that Donnie was in blue, but I you know we can look into that some more. And, uh, yeah, so that's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Odin astride the bulldozer was really, really great. <laughs> Even better than when he stood on that little box with like his microphone to deliver his speech after the girl fell on the hole or fell on the well. That was awesome. Yes. Um, Anytime Odin's standing on something that makes him tall is really entertaining. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. It's like literally the townsfolk with like pitchforks almost coming to the preacher, yeah. which is feels like it's happening a little too soon. Like it's it's a real acceleration. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa! All right, here comes. See, I think it's gonna get worse though. Probably. I think the full town is going to be there at some point, you know? Could be. Because right now it's just the Kincannon army, which is an <laughs> army. <laughs> it looked God, like an I, alien invasion with did. all the lights. It's so funny. <laughs> and they all have their jackets on with the initials on the back. It's really funny. So The whole thing is really silly and, yeah. and pretty great. Uh, what do you think about Jesse digging into the ground? He's looking for Eugene. I mean, it, it sounded like he like, literally thinks Eugene's in the ground. You it know? sounded like, like he was trying to use the, the word, the word yeah, to bring him back. It sounded like he was he was just shouting, trying to use it, but it wasn't doing anything. I was thinking along the. This is, I guess, a theory for the future, but I don't know. I was thinking that, um, Cassidy. He was going to tell Cassidy 
use the word use Genesis to command Cassidy to retrieve uh, uh, Eugene, Eugene from hell was kind of my thought of what could happen once again. That would be pretty extreme, and I don't know if I'd be down for that. Yeah, I that, think, that's, uh, that's like a crazy use of power. That might be the thing that Bruce doesn't like about... Yeah, because that, that would be... And again, we're getting into that territory, kind of like I talked about last time, where we get too involved in the angels and the demons and the hell and the heaven, and that's... Beyond the scope of Preacher. Well, maybe not anymore. I don't know. But yeah. as as it was, yeah, it's it's more about what's going on on, on our plane of existence and I, I think that's where it's uh, good yeah i guess there's some stuff on the next time on that makes me think that that definitely isn't the case but i don't know if people consider those spoilers it's a fun episode of constantine you've you've crafted there <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately there are no many there are no more of those cats walk both worlds <laughs> but anyway um questions this episode what's odin gonna do the church Obviously, we know what he wants to do, but how's mm-hmm. it going to play out? I think that'll be uh, interesting to see. Um, can Eugene come back from hell? And will he? <clears throat> will he be the same Eugene that he was? Who knows? Good question. Um, I guess we can reiterate your question about what did Jesse see and in King Cannon's office. Yeah, I'm curious about the whole. That seems like we the whole Kim Cannon Custer dynamic. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? I don't know how much else there is because we did see a lot of stuff that we've already kind of tread on. Even though they've deviated pretty heavily in Jesse's origin, um, I'm 99.9 percent sure who who it is that kills his dad, and what happens afterward. Mm. It's exciting. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's we're kind of back to there. Who killed Jesse's dad and why? That's that was an episode one question and definitely gets reiterated within this episode. So, um, I hope they reveal those characters by the end of the season. They probably won't. They don't need to, but I just want to see them brought brought to the screen. We'll see. Kind of a lot. Although we'll they've teased a lot of characters so far, we haven't we haven't circled back around to. No, I guess you know that's, what? scratch that. We the cowboy. There needs with. to be there needs to be more cowboy. <laughs> need more cowboy. We need a little more cowboy. <laughs> um, I'm still kind of. I guess you brought this up, and we didn't. We didn't any. You didn't even continue remarking on it because I didn't say the words that would make it happen. But Tulip is very. She states like Cassidy's like, "What happened to you getting out of town? Like, why mm. aren't you leaving?" And Tulip's like, "That's on hold for now." Right. Which, do you think that, because we got introduced to the woman, uh, Danny, Danny, and the man in white that I don't know anything about yet. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to get anything about that the rest of the season? Do you see that happening? <sighs> like, if, you Let's know, see, we got three left. We got three episodes left. Is the last episode two hours? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would expect something. Yeah, we'll maybe, get... maybe not direct interaction with Jesse, but I think we'll see them again. Okay. And, and I hope so. That's the kind of thing that I want more of. I want some more momentum of yep. like showing us what's going to happen. Like, because I... time, you know, the time, the sand is running through the hourglass. Yeah, pretty quick I don't, don't want to we... say too much because I don't know what we've like. 
given on this podcast and what we've talked about in sure. our own lives. But uh, maybe you guys can write in and let us know where you think things are heading. Yeah. Uh, as long as you don't spoil too much for me, because I know some things, but I don't know much. That's true. Uh, G2T podcast at feedback or at feedback.com. I don't own that. <laughs> G2T podcast at gmail.com. At feedback.com. <laughs> I wonder how much it is. Uh, it's probably like $10,000. All right. Um, I guess final thoughts on the episode. I think both you and I felt like this was our least favorite episode of the show. Yeah, I was not particularly thrilled with it when it ended. I kind of felt like, again, it was more just kind of floating along with the momentum that was established this, early on. Like To me, this didn't even feel like table setting. So much as... Like falling action, n- all just resulting in the end of the previous episode. Pure water treading. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if there's that much falling action. Well, nothing, nothing really goes anywhere except for Jesse learning that Cassidy's a vampire. Yeah. And Odin revealing what he's kind of up to. Yeah. And other than that, I don't think a whole lot got accomplished in this episode. It kind of felt like... It kind of fleshed out some relationships a little bit here and there, and it, it it Jesse's alone at the end, so I guess we have that partially by his own doing. Yeah, um, and on that, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier in the car. I think the flashbacks with Tulip and Jesse were trying to inform that scene of Tulip and Jesse arguing in the future, of like him saying you're an O'Hare and her being like your father would be proud. Just kind of like, I think Tulip sees John as a having abandoned her in the past. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. And Jesse or, turning into his father yeah. in the future here. So I think that's the main what they wanted to get across here, but it seems like very little to learn in an hour. I find the dad very, very uncompelling. John yes. John is not interesting at no. all. And he's not. he doesn't deliver anything with very much gusto, and he's not... He's pretty honor. He's kind of bland. He's just kind of bland. And John in the book is very. And again, this is a whole other can of worms. Like we were discussing before we started recording, that the whole of preacher is kind of a, in a way, is a giant parody of like Americana and like, and the idea of what to yeah. be and what it means to be an American kind of thing. And so John Custer is, he's kind of this ridiculously over the top, like perfect. You know, he's a veteran, he's a good guy who meets a pretty girl and marries her and has a son and he's a hardworking man and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's all, that is all kind of ridiculous. And it's like, it, it, like I said a week or two ago, those aren't the characters that you write because they're not super interesting, but it's so, it's so funny to read. Like you're reading it and you're just like, this is, this, these people are too good to be true. Yeah. And they're surrounded by despicable people, but these people are so pure and so good. And they believe so much in John Wayne and the spirit of John Wayne that they live their lives by it. And while it's not the most fascinating character study, it's kind of fun in like a trashy, pulpy kind of way. And so that John Custer coupled against this one, this one's just kind of, he's not only like kind of a, a, a straight shooter preacher, but he's just kind of boring. I and, remember... and he doesn't even do the wrong thing with Tulip, though, because she's not his kid. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like he's doing something bad. So while we are allowed to feel kind of bad for Tulip and 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 Jesse as a boy, it's not like John Custer made a bad choice or no. was a bad man sending her away to like she's just not his not his, his child. And then on top of that, like it's like he 
Maybe he realizes he can't take care of two kids. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I remember a few episodes, John, my brother, John, remarking that um, John Custer is played by Meacham from from, uh, House of Cards. And I was like, he sounds excited about that. But Meacham was just boilerplate nothing. He's like, he's like. So you got the right guy, huh? Yeah, like it, I, I'm. I think it's him. Is where your problem is. So my question is, who who would we cast as the all American John Custer? Oh man, from the comics. Like who's that embodiment? If they were gonna, if they, oh boy, <laughs> if they were gonna write him the kind of the way he was in the books, it would be like I don't even know Hugh Jackman, <laughs> an Australian he's man, all American, <laughs> like uh. The kind of, it would be like if it was in like the eighties, it would be like a Tom Selleck kind of guy, like yeah. a Harrison Ford, like a a square jawed hero who never, who always does the right thing, always gets the girl, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Do we not have any of those in like the middle age range? Do you just not have that until you get to like? I don't think people really write those characters that much anymore, though. Yeah. Like they're very much a product of the eighties. Like Jack Ryan, every, every nearly every Harrison Ford character is, if you really look at him, without flaw they have no flaws indiana jones biggest flaw is that he flies by the seat of his pants a lot but he's real good at it so it doesn't really count as a flaw you know what i mean han solo is just kind of a puckish rogue but we love him anyway but for he's it, got you know the good I mean? heart anyway yeah and so that's kind of the way those in like john wayne is the best example john wayne was just we we look at john wayne and he's this like icon of like and, and that's in the comics like i was telling you He's a he's a character. He's in the comic yeah. all the time. He's like the sh- the shade of John Wayne is following Jesse around. It's really hilarious, <laughs> and it's kind of like in the movie True Romance where uh, Christian Slater keeps seeing Elvis all the time, and Elvis mm. keeps talking to him. It's kind of like that. But anyway, no, I don't think I I just think those characters don't necessarily exist anymore. So we don't uh, have except an maybe on TV like sitcom dads are usually that Tim way. Allen as John Custer, like Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> it would be like it would be like a John Hamm or something. Someone who's just like a very all American. Looks like he'd toss the football around and, yeah. and he'd also like help with dinner and do the dishes and then go hunting with his kid and you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that kind of guy. There's even scenes like that in Mad Men where all the wives are like oogling him. Yeah. They're like, where'd you find that man? He's yep. such a man. <laughs> <laughs> it's really early in the series before he's like an alcoholic and, and horrible. <laughs> All right, but yeah, it's uh, that'd be a fun that'd be a fun game. Maybe maybe after the season is all said and done, like if we were gonna cast, you haven't read the books though, so you can't really. Uh, yeah, no, I can't help you. And man. you can't read the books now. No, it's our whole I'm opening to our show. Yeah, yep. can't suddenly be like I am Alex. I've read issues one through eleven of Garth Ennis' <laughs> Preacher. I wouldn't make it that far. Are you <laughs> but dude, by that point, it's so good. I don't think you'd be able to stop. All I know is that Joseph Gilgan is the perfect Cassidy. Yeah. Whether he would be playing the 100% pure comic at a iteration or this one they've made for the show, uh, he's phenomenal. And Tulip is really great, too. I mean, she's really great. Yeah, they haven't gone wrong with her character. No, We no. just don't. They haven't really done a bad job with any of the casting. Everybody's yeah. really well done. So that's great. And Odin. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well... Once again, you can find more of our episodes at g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. So check us out at your uh, podcatcher of choice. Please rate and review us on those podcatchers because it's very helpful for us. Uh, If everybody listening went and rated us on iTunes, we would probably be in some of the top podcasts right now. So... 
uh, please help us out. It would be great if you could do that because uh, then more people can listen to the show and we can keep doing it. Yep. Um, we're also G2T Podcast on Twitter and you can email us at G2T Podcast at gmail.com just like Bruce. It's not G2T Podcast at feedback.com. Uh, tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on air. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. We should uh, we should have some incentive and say for every every rating and re- every rating interview we get, you will have to read one issue of Preacher. <laughs> uh, Down the line, maybe. Yeah. Because part of what makes this show so funny is that you just have no idea what's going on. We can figure something, something that gives some incentive for, for rating and review. I don't know. We'll figure something out. All right. But, How about just do it? Yeah, please. Just do it. Please do it. Uh, if you want to hear Nick and I talk about film and a few with a few of our other friends, please be sure to check out the Midwest Film Nerds podcast at MidwestFilmNerds.com. And then the Midwest Podcast Network also has a video game podcast called the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. You can check that out at MidwestGameNerds.com. And finally, our theme is the song All In by the Red Thread, and it is being used under a non-commercial Creative Commons license. Uh, go forth and speak the good word.